Welcome to the Music Business Podcast. Whether you're an aspiring music business professional or a seasoned vet, every Thursday, the Music Business Podcast brings you the trends, tactics, and insights from some of the world's brightest minds in music. I'm Jordan Williams of EQT Management. And I'm Sam Heisel from Knox. We're not teachers. We're entertainment industry professionals, drinkers, wannabe comedians, and most importantly, fans. Welcome to the show. Yo, yo. Everybody, what's up? Welcome back to the Music Business Podcast. Today we have on a special guest that I've known for a pretty long time. Super glad to have her on, Erin A. Simon. She's a podcast host. She's a personality. And today we get into branding. We get into running a podcast, which actually helped Sam and I uh, interviewing her to talk about that. We talk about the team around her and some and some really dope things about trying to be trying to be an influencer in your in your field and as a podcast host. Yeah, for sure. I think. Anybody in the music business is very valuable to develop your own personal brand. It'll help create different opportunities in your own life. Um, so I think she covers that and then dives into good tactics on that stuff. Uh, with that said, really excited to jump into this episode. But before we do so, uh, super grateful for all the support you've been getting so far. If you're enjoying the podcast or if you have any feedback on how we can improve, we'd really appreciate it if you guys can leave a review either in uh, Apple Podcasts or Spotify, wherever you listen to this podcast. Uh, be greatly appreciated and help us reach some uh, new potential listeners as well. So without any further ado, let's jump into the episode. Let's do it. Aaron, thank you so much for coming out today. We're really excited to have you on the podcast. Yeah, thank you so much for having me. For sure. So I know you uh, run your own podcast, have been involved in a lot of really interesting things. I actually want to take one from your own book right now. And who is Aaron Simon? Aaron Simon is a Jersey girl with a Philly heart and a New York state of mind. Um, And when I say that, I mean that I never forget where I'm from or where I came from, which I was born outside of Philly and grew up in Philly. Um, I was raised in New Jersey by my mother and my mother was such a big influence in my life. And the New York state of mind is the hustle, the grind, the never giving up mentality that my mother also gave me because she was uh, born in Brooklyn. So I like to describe myself in that way. Um, and I know you know, location-wise, that makes sense. But there's so much uh, metaphor and context to it that kind of is all-encompassing with who I am. Mm-hmm. Can you dive, deep, dive deeper there as far as, like, the identity tie with some of those locations? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, uh, so Philly. I was born outside of Philly. Um, We're outside of Philly? Abington. Okay. I'm not, I'm not, um, I, fa- I have family Ab- in Wayne, Pennsylvania. Okay. I'm not sure if that's close, but it's also outside of Philly. So, you know, yeah. I don't know what direction it's going. Yeah, Abington is just, like, a few miles out. But then I actually did live in Philadelphia. It was my mom, my my dad, me and my brother. We lived with my grandparents there. But then we also got a house uh, before my parents split. And uh, just, I still, even though I didn't grow up in Philly and 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 really spent that much time there, like I still have a, a love for it and right. a passion for it. And I even still go down to Philly and, and work with Philly artists, work with uh, Philly businesses, work with uh, just people in Philadelphia, just because like that's where I'm from. Mm-hmm. And I'm such a big Philadelphia Eagles fan. So of course. Finally, I've been alive to actually watch them get a Super Bowl, <laughs> which is wonderful. Um, and so that's why like I have, you know, the, the heart for that city. 
Um, I try as I try as much as I can to kind of give back and help them, especially like even with my grandma with some of the things she does. She's involved in churches and stuff like that. So I really try to get involved as much as I can down there. Um, just because I know that that's where my family is from and my family has has struggled too mm-hmm. in Philadelphia and also even in New York. Right. So, you know, I was just very fortunate that both of my parents, you know, went to college, got amazing jobs and got out of the quote unquote hood um, to raise me in New Jersey, which is where I was raised from probably like kindergarten to, yeah, through high school. And then where in New Jersey? Uh, I was raised near Princeton, New Jersey. Okay, so cool. right near where Princeton University is. Yeah. Um, I enjoyed it. You know, it was it was still diverse, um, great education system, great soccer program. Um, and that kind of like the my experience with soccer really helped me with work and business now. I actually played soccer for, oh my gosh, like over 18 years. You played uh, soccer for over 18 years? Yeah, I played soccer since I was in... Since I was three years old, actually. Popped out the womb with yeah. the ball. Yeah. <laughs> Let's ride. Yeah. It's like a couple months after um, she was walking, she was kicking a soccer ball. <laughs> pretty much, pretty much. And uh, I saw my brother play. And so my brother is older than me by like three years. And I saw him play and I was just like, oh, I want to play it. And then I ended up being actually really good at it. I was considered one of the top players in New Jersey. Wow. And um start that out there. <laughs> <laughs> no, I mean, I don't even I'm not even saying that in like a cocky way. It's just it's like I worked really hard for yeah, that. Right. You know? right. Yeah, uh, that. went to one of the top soccer programs in the country for high school, Pennington Prep School. Um, we were actually number one for one season. Wow. Uh, and then I went on to play at Rutgers in, in Kentucky. Um, and the one thing I really learned about that experience is just kind of like you can't really you can't be worried or upset about things that you can't control. Um, during my sophomore year when I was at Kentucky, uh, I had an injury and no one really knew what that what was wrong. They didn't really know what the injury was. Mm-hmm. Uh, funny enough, I just got the injury fixed in January and wow. it's been like five years. Wow. Yeah. I had to see a, a surgeon specialist for the Giants and the Mets for them to figure out what was wrong. What? Yeah. I would. I saw so many doctors in college. I saw so many uh, um, orthopedists. Like it was just one. It was just something that isn't it's it's common but it's also an uncommon injury just how it happened and everything like that so um but my entire experience in soccer and just being raised in new jersey has Mm -hmm. has taught me that not only there's different ethnicities and and different uh way of thinking for things and and different socioeconomic issues because you know i was raised in the suburbs but then i had friends who were from trenton and that's right. a little bit of a different upbringing. Right. Um, and then like on top of that with soccer, you know, everything from learning how to be a good teammate, how to handle challenges and stress and just all these things that I think are very important to have um, that I think that I, I, I definitely encourage like every kid should be playing a sport because I mm-hmm. think there's so many intangibles that you don't learn unless you play sports or unless you eventually get into the work life. Um, and so that's why I have, you know, I, I always am prideful by calling myself a Jersey girl, uh, just because, you know, I was raised there, I've lived there and a lot of the experiences that I've had has been mostly in Jersey. Mm-hmm. Um, and then the New York state of mine, I've been here for almost like, actually, no, I've been here for four years. Wow. That's crazy. Oh my gosh. Um, <laughs> <laughs> I've been here for four years. My mom's side of the family is from New York. Um, and everything that, you know, my hard work I've always had, but how to really harness that hard work 
my mom really instilled that in me. Like she she graduated college when she was 19. My aunts graduated college around 1920 also. Um, She had me when she was 24. She had my brother around 21. Um, By the time I was probably in first grade, second grade around there, my mom was already a vice president executive at Merrill Lynch. So like to see her level up and even to do these things as a single mom at one point um, and also dealing with some health complications, it really motivated me and pushed me to want to do more and do better. And it's like my mom worked so hard to get me a better life. Like I need to do the same to make sure that she's okay. My stepdad's okay. And even my brother's okay. Right. So that mindset that she had starting even when she was a child in New York and when she said to herself, I do not want to live anymore in Bed-Stuy, Brooklyn. I want, or far, far Rockaway, which is where she also lived. I want to move to Princeton. She actually knew she wanted to move to Princeton when she was a kid. So to see her actually accomplish that at some point was amazing. And that mentality is something that, you know, she's really pushed in me. Mm -hmm. And that's why I always say New York state of mind, because out here, like you really have to work hard. You really have to put in the work and, and and it's tiresome, but it's, it's New York. If you do the work, if you network, if you put in the grind, like, you're going to be rewarded. Mm-hmm. And, you know, it's tough out here. It's definitely tough. But that New York state of mind has helped me not, you know, be depressed or fall into slums. It's just kind of like, okay, shit happened. I have no control over it. What do I need to do next? Mm-hmm. Right. So did you come here to be in the music industry? Or what was, you know, at what point were you like, I'm I'm going to move to New York City? Um. So I always knew I was going to move to New York. Mm. Uh, I made a decision that I was either going to move to New York or Los Angeles just because I felt like... So I feel like everybody my, has to make that decision if they're deciding to move to one or the other. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I, I just felt like my... Just for me, I just couldn't see myself living in any other city. And then I kind of narrowed it down to New York just because the times I've been in Los Angeles, I'm just like, yo, it's way too slow over here. Like, I can't, <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. I can't do that right now. Maybe later on, but I'm right. 20. Like, I'm 22. Like, I can't right. be chilling and relaxing at the beach. I got to be hustling. And uh, and so I moved here. And uh, it's it's been, like I said, it's been really interesting because, like, when I first moved to New York, I did not know really weird to start at one point. Um, mm-hmm. I first was at the Wall Street Journal. I did freelance writing there. Then I, then I spoke to so many of my mentors and just like, yeah, I don't know if sports writing is something I want to stick in because like I'm hearing all these, I mean, now we see what's happened to print journalism and right. that, but I was already being warned by my mentors. They're like, right. you may want to move out of that. Yeah, yeah. So I was like, okay. Uh, then I got a... Um, a job at an engineering and architecture firm just for a little bit, honestly, just to make some money. Um, and then from there, I was like, all right, well, what industry can I move into? And one of my mentors told me, he was like, you know, as a black female, it's a little, it may be a little bit harder for you to rise up in certain positions in sports, but it, it's a lot easier to do it within me, uh, music and entertainment. So he's like, you may want to look at that. So I was like, all right, cool. Mm-hmm. So I'm a journalist at heart. I'm a trained journalist. I had my major in journalism. And the one thing about journalism is that you should be able to adapt to whatever topic that you're going to be writing about or covering. Right. You know, I've covered everything. Oh my gosh, I've covered everything from like NBA All-Star Weekend to a uh, suicide increase slash anomaly in Kentucky. So Whoa. that 
journalistic attitude allowed me to kind of cross over into entertainment. Um, and then from there, I, crazy enough, then moved more into like TV production because I got my job at Revolt TV. So I handled, I worked with our social media team and then ended up becoming a producer and then producing content for TV. And so it's been like a weird transition. I would never have thought like four years ago that I would be like in this specific position. I thought that like, you know, sports writing, everything like that. But of course, like, you know, you have to adapt with the times. You have to adapt and make changes that are appropriate. So that's how I actually ended up in music. Um, But now I'm also in sports again. I'm doing sports writing again and producing. And the podcast now is going to have sports involved in the content too. That's right. awesome. That's dope. Yeah. Can you talk a little bit more about what your current focus is? I know you're at the yeah. helm of this podcast, but I mean, tell us a bit more what excites you about the podcast or some of the other projects you've been working on. Okay. Yeah. So um, the podcast, starting off with that, uh, what really excites me about the podcast is that it's growing. Um, mm. This started out as kind of like a concept that uh, the other co-founder, my friend, Brandon mm-hmm. Hall, um, this we connected when we both got our executive and mini MBAs at Rutgers University. Nice. And so um, from there, we thought there was kind of like an area that could be filled, a void that could be filled within the podcast realm. Um, we felt that there were podcasts that were either like super entertaining and funny <laughs> or like super serious all the time. And right. we're like, you know what? We have the ability to have intellectual serious conversations, but we also can joke around. Right. And there's not too many podcasts that are doing that very effectively, um, especially within like the entertainment and music industry world. So we're like, you know what? Let's do this podcast. And the one thing about the podcast is that we... We do people like we don't really edit like we don't cut like if we say something crazy or stupid, it's in there. And uh, (laughs) but we do that on purpose because we want our guests to know that this is a safe zone. Like we're not going to chop and screw what you say. What you say is what you said. But just know that like we're not going to like misconstrue anything that you're going to be saying, which has been great because it's allowed us to talk to Joe Budden about mental health, mm-hmm. talk to Royce of Five Nine about his alcohol, previous alcohol addiction. Um, and even more people are starting to want to come on the podcast, which is which is really great. And um, my thing is like, I've always had a passion for creating. I know that sounds very like cliche, no, man, but, it's I've, real. but I've always had a passion for creating something. And then obviously like, my strategy side is always into play and always like fine tuning and fixing things and seeing how we can build and just to see how we've gone from like not knowing what the heck we're doing with the podcast because people don't realize how much work it takes for podcasts. Mm-hmm. Like there's a lot of work that goes into podcasts and to take a simple concept that we thought of just out of nowhere in while well, we're getting our mini MBAs and then actually seeing it come to life and, and having these um, conversations with like uh, record labels, media companies, publicists, and just seeing everyone like really rooting for us and liking our content. I mean, some people, there's some trolls out there who don't Always give a crap, me. but yeah. you know what? That's all right. Welcome. They don't understand. <laughs> you know what's funny though? They don't understand that, especially for our YouTube videos. I find it so funny. That's where we get the most trolling. But YouTube I, trolls are the worst. Yeah. But I tell, I told my, uh, I told my, um, our team and my friends. I was like, I hope they do realize that based off of YouTube algorithms, the more that they're trolling yeah. and commenting, the higher ranking my right, video goes. Right, so right. go ahead, like for you sure. can troll. I'm fine yeah, with please that. Please do. Yeah. You're just making my video rank higher. Cool. Start doing the first comment like. 
please start trolling now. Yeah. <laughs> just, just go, Troll just go. Yeah. Right. And you know, sometimes, I mean, sometimes we, we have fun and we, we address them. Mm-hmm. Um, but you know, it, not everyone's going to like what you do. And I personally just don't really care. So, yeah, yeah. And for a podcast, you know, you're putting, you're really putting yourself out there, you mm-hmm. know, just like me and Sam are doing yeah. right now. <laughs> yeah. You, so, uh, I think it makes sense to kind of brush those things off because, you know, if you're, mm-hmm. if you, it's like having a speech in front of a large audience, there's going to be people whispering in the audience no matter what, you know. Oh, so. yeah. And also, I've realized that um, we have a tendency to have selective hearing. So it's <laughs> like they sure. hear that's something, good. but it's not actually what we said. And then they go off on that one thing. And it's oh, just they like, have selective hearing. I thought yeah. you meant you you did. Oh no, I was I mean, gonna say I, mean, I, only, do. I don't hear none of the bullshit. I thought that's what you were about to say. We all tend to have selective hearing and sometimes we when we hear certain things that we don't like, we don't listen to the full context and we just kind of like zoom in on that one aspect. That's what happens. That's why I don't really get upset because I'm just like, you know what? They got upset over something I didn't even say because they heard like one word, but now, was it weirder at first, uh, like when you first started, when you got your first troll of somebody like, you know, playing around on your YouTube and putting dumb comments in? <laughs> or like, like I assume, I assume more, the more you do it, the the less, you know, the, the more, uh, the less sensitive, less sensitive you are to it. You know what I mean? Um, Honestly, I was not bothered. I mean, at first it was just kind of like the the first time we got a lot of those comments was our Joe Bun episode. Yeah. Uh, yes. But, you know, we weren't even stressing because we we understand that some of Joe Budden's fans are like the complex kids. So they obviously are going to look at content differently, you know, than some of his old fans. Um, but for me, I don't, you know, I mean, sometimes I do. It's not even that I get upset. I just kind of like troll back um, right. in a sense. And it's, I mean, sometimes you got to speak up. You can't just keep, you know, having people come at you. Sometimes you got to stand up and just be like, yo. Chill. You're bugging. <laughs> uh, but right, right. it wasn't really like a hard thing for me because when I was doing sports writing, I've been called a monkey, a feminist, oh. uh, you know, B-I-T-C-H. Uh, you're a woman. What do you know about this? It's funny. I actually wrote an article about our uh, national soccer team. And there were some actual professional soccer team, uh, professional soccer players that said that, like, I didn't know what I was talking about. Even I played <laughs> soccer. And uh, it's great, though, because it's like my article ended up being right. It was when we um, I think it was the Olympics. We lost to Japan. And I was saying that we need a younger team. We need a younger team. And some of the some of the soccer players responded. Uh, No, not not the national. It was just like for the women's uh, professional team here in the U.S. Um, But like even with that, it's like you can't even get upset because at the end of the day, it's just like it's just one opinion. That's it. Like right. in in retrospect, like we all aren't shit. <laughs> <laughs> we really are. Our opinions are like a holes. Everyone right. has one. Doesn't right. you know? But I think people um, feel a certain way if it's like an opinion that's not what they like. And that's actually something that I've had to learn as someone who's doing a podcast. Like I have to like when certain people say things. Like for example, let's just say Kanye. Mm. Like. Initially, what he said, I was just like, okay, this is, oh, I don't know what the hell he's talking about. But <laughs> I was like, you know what, Aaron, don't jump right away. Step back and really mm-hmm. look at what he's saying. And I get what he's trying to say. And I, I do agree with some of the things, not the crazy slavery stuff, but um, <laughs> some of the other stuff. But it's like, 
when I analyze it, I analyze it based on like a rollout plan. And I'm like, well, his execution was really flawed. It was horrendous. <laughs> and that's probably why people didn't understand what he was saying. Um, so I don't even take, you know, I don't really get offended or really upset anymore when it comes right. to that stuff anymore. So. Right, right. Can you talk a little bit about um, the journey in building up the podcast? I mean, you're starting yeah. to pick up some momentum. Like you said, it's really starting to grow and take off. Yeah. Um, can you talk a little bit about some of the challenges you had to overcome? Yeah, um, I think one of the challenges I really had to overcome was developing a different channels for people to find the podcast and for us to find the vans organically. We don't do any paid ads right now. Right. Um, I didn't feel like it was appropriate to do paid ads when we didn't even necessarily know who our fans really are. Mm-hmm. Um, and that required me to do, and also Brandon, to do extensive research. Like we literally contacted over a hundred of our fans and we're asking them questions like, you know, what do you like uh, about the podcast? What do you want to see more of? You know, what other podcasts do you listen to? And then obviously there's other questions that kind of helped us develop an audience profile. Mm-hmm. Um, so now that we have this audience profile and we're seeing that our our products from a foundational standpoint is solid, we were like, okay, now we need to maximize this and get as much eyes and attention on this podcast. And what are the possible uh, avenues and channels to do that? Um, obviously, the, one of the hardest is getting guests, especially higher caliber guests. Mm-hmm. Uh, so we had to be a little um, unique with that right. um, in the sense of like, you know, we may get some guests who aren't super, super known, but either have reputable companies behind them or they have amazing inside knowledge that most people don't know about. Totally. Um, and then we also, you know, YouTube. You know, titling, descriptions, sure. tags, all that's super important. And then like, you know, obviously uh, applying that to like what is being talked about, what is trending and projecting, like uh, projecting what's possibly going to be trending, um, you know, determining the the dates and times to post, what are the best dates and times? I mean, there were so many factors and things that we kind of had to put into play. Um, I will say at first, though, we just put it out. Mm-hmm. We, you know, we weren't even like, because I feel like sometimes when you're focused so much on the strategy at first that you're not even like focusing on building a community, which obviously Gary V talks about a lot um, and focusing on like um, making the best product that, you know, you're so focused in on the numbers that it's like the most important aspects of it. You're not even paying attention to like you're so focused on the numbers that you're not even talking to the fans. You're not even right. engaging with the fans. Right. You're not, you know, you're not even building that quote unquote community. So at first we did that. Uh, but then now it's like, we're at a point where our our content works, even if it's on a small level, it still works. Now it's just about optimizing it. So what, what, what does that look like? Does it look like us aligning ourselves with different media companies or just companies and brands in general? Does that look like, um, you know, bringing more paid ads into on top of the organic ads or keeping the, I mean, or the organic traffic or keeping the organic traffic and then just finding more ways to uh, bring people in mm-hmm. um, or even keep people like we have a group chat and more and more fans are joining. And that's kind of like our becoming like our, uh, our, our base for our what's hardcore the, what's fans. What's the group chat on? So our group chat is just our grassroots group chat. It's just our, 
really supportive, hardcore fans join that group chat. And that's where they're able to really talk to us. That's awesome. Like if we have an episode that drops, they'll talk about what we talked about and then talk about or ask us questions about what we talked about in that group chat. Um, they're also the first to know about almost anything we do. So it's kind of like an exclusive group. Uh, we and, and and our thing is about building what we call a family. We always say you're part of the family. If you're a fan, you're part of the family. You're part of the grassroots family. Um, so, you know, we, we're definitely going to be planning like uh, fun activities to do with those hardcore fans. Um, to show really to show like our our appreciation for their constant support. Mm-hmm. Um, but we we're starting to build those little channels and avenues for people who are hardcore fans, moderate fans, and like new fans. Um, so there's there's several things that we're kind of working on that we're building. You know, we we really built a solid team. We have a videographer. She's awesome. Her name's Brittany. That's actually one of the questions I was going to ask you is who's on your team. Oh yeah. Yeah. See, I'm just moving right in. Watch out, Jordan. Who's on your team? Yeah. Um, so our team, obviously, starting out with, is me and Brandon. Then we have uh, Wilson. Um, Wilson is actually someone we know, but it's also a uh, branded concept. Um, you know the show Home Improvements? Yeah. You know the neighbor Wilson? The neighbor Wilson. Who's on the fence. And you only saw like the top of his oh, head. Oh, yeah, yeah. Yeah. So Wilson's kind of like that. He is... He's on our podcast, but you never see him. So in, in contextual wise, he's kind of like the voice of of people who want to say certain things, but are really afraid to say it. He's sort of like um, Parks on the Joe Budden podcast, because I still don't yeah. know what he looks like. <laughs> he, oh, still, he talks every time. I still don't know what he looks like. Go on our Instagram. You'll see what he looks like. Oh, because he's on the podcast. Yeah, he's oh, on our yeah. podcast. He's yeah. one of the first people on it. He's yeah. dope. He's dope. But no, Wilson is more extreme than Parks. Like Parks is very cool and laid back. But Wilson, like, for example, he said that Beyonce is a better performer than Michael Jackson. So he's saying something that like people would be afraid to say. He said it on the podcast. Yep, he said it on the podcast. And he was explaining his reasons why. I know. I, I looked at him a certain way too. But I he, know it's debatable. <laughs> I do think it's debatable. But well, you know, I don't uh, I might not agree, but I, it's debatable. You know, I don't know if it's debatable <laughs> because you got to think about the times too. Like Michael Jackson didn't really have social media, and he went he diamond, didn't. and, and very few black. artists went diamond. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Not to, not to take away from Beyonce, but I just think that like this conversation is kind of like a Michael Jordan and LeBron James conversation. It's like it's two different eras. Yeah, you're right. You know, you really can't compare. But I would say that like what Michael Jackson did open the lane and open the gates for entertainers like Beyonce. Right, you're right. So it's kind of like, you know, true. in a sense, like a forefather. Right. Um, but yeah, like he's the, he's like the, he always says things that like most people won't agree with, but there are some people who would say those things. <laughs> um, and we just kind of let him rip it. Even if he's, even if he's wildin', we just let him rip it. Um, then we have, uh, Brittany. Brittany is our main videographer. We also have PJ who assists and helps with her. 
uh, Nas. We call him regular Nas. Really make sure people Dang. don't. Like, we gotta make sure people don't mistake him for Nas. No, you're right. She had to call like, him regular Nas. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, he's regular Nas. Regular <laughs> Nas. <laughs> you gotta earn your name. Yeah, yeah. But Dang. it's funny because now, like, everyone's calling him regular Nas. So that's oh, that's man. pretty cool. Um, then we have Chris. Chris's. Um, I don't. I don't like to call him an intern. I don't like calling people interns. So we say he's like our researcher and social media guy. Uh, then we also have, um, we have Kyle. Kyle is like photographer. He comes in and shoots photos for us. Um, and then we have like, oh, we also have Jeff. Jeff used to be the guy who helped us uh, line up the audio and video, but now he's going to be helping us with merchandise. Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah, like our, and then we have other people who that kind of come in and help us here and there. Um, I'm hoping I'm not forgetting anyone because I'll be I'll feel really bad. But like, <laughs> oh, Bam, there you go, Bam, Bam is our head leading How you forget graphics Bam? guy. How do you forget Bam? Yeah, sorry, <laughs> Bam. Actually, I have a, I got a have a call with him after this. Uh, Bam is our leading graphics guy, really dope. Um, he was a, used to be an art director for Comcast and does other work, so he really helps us with like developing graphic templates that like I myself can kind of add photos in or anyone else Mm -hmm. uh, cover photos and stuff like that. So he he definitely makes our lives a lot easier in terms of that aspect. So yeah, that's, that's, that's that's a pretty big team. Yeah. Yeah. That's a squad. Yeah. Um, how, how much do you think the podcast influences your personal brand via social media and vice versa? Cause I want to talk about, um, before, you know, we started recording, you said that Gary Vee is one of the people that you look at for content ideas. Mm-hmm. Um, and one of the reasons why I invite you on the podcast is because you're really good at that. You're really good at putting out content from from Thank what you. I've seen from following you. So how did how do how does uh you know being on the podcast influence that and vice versa? Do you think about the podcast about when you post some of the stuff that you do on Instagram or Twitter? You know, yeah. How do you stay involved? How do you come up with content? Is it just you? Is it somebody else helping you? Yeah. You know what I mean? Um, I mean, in terms so content for the podcast. As a team, we do it. Right. Um, we really look at like what is being talked about. And we try to find like topics that our audience would be interested in. And also sometimes we add topics that they may not be interested in, but we want to talk about. Mm-hmm. Um, so we as a team kind of collect all those all those articles and concepts. And then the day before we record, we kind of sit down and say, okay, what is our plan? What are we going to do? Obviously, I look at like trends. I look at social media trends and all that analytical fun stuff. (laughs) And then I'm like, all right, based off of this list, this is what I think our order should be or this or these are the ones that we should talk about. Then Brandon will come and be like, "Okay, I think going from this topic to this topic is an easy transition. And then going to this topic makes sense. So it's a collective thing when it comes to the podcast. Um, But then we all have like our little specialties. So obviously, bam. You know, he really gets all of what we say for graphics, but we really like leave it to him to kind of lead that effort. Um, I'm like the strategist for us. So like I'm the one that really hones in and looks at analytics and then kind of suggests ideas or things that we should change or do based off of what I see. Um, Brandon is, is he's the one that does like the audio with Wilson. They edit it. They clean it up. He's the one that's like, okay, we need to get this adapter, these uh, condenser mic, this is that and the third, you know, all audio, that's him. Uh, Brittany, obviously video. So it's just kind of like we all have our little specialties, but we all come together. 
Um, and I like that because it's like, we can all be collective, but when it's like time to get things done, we all know our responsibilities and what we need to do. So like, if we can't, if no one answers the freaking question about what graphic we should use, I just tell Bam, you decide. Like, mm-hmm. this is your expertise, this is your lane. I'm not gonna step on it. I'll, we'll give our thoughts, but you ultimately should be the one. And I think that's <laughs> important because you empower your teammates to feel a part of the content, to really right. be feel like they are helping to build the content and, and really coming up with it. So no one feels left out, which I think is great. Um, in terms of my, what I do for my social media, um, I make decisions based off of what I see resonates well with my audience on each platform. Uh, wow. Goes back to what Gary Vee said. Right, you know, right. each each platform has its different nuances and you have to do obviously native content. You have to have content that fits within that platform. So like, for example, you know, on Instagram, I've realized that people really like photos of me. So I had to start doing more photos of me, which is really weird. That's It's completely out of my comfort zone. Like if you look, go way, way back to my Instagram, I'm not taking photos of myself, right. like selfies and stuff. But like, right. I understand that that's what they gravitate towards. But like, I don't post it in a vain way. Like I may post it to get their initial reaction or, or like, but then the caption will be of substance. Mm-hmm. You know, like I think I said something along the lines recently, like, you know, I, I think I said it earlier, like, don't worry about things that you can control. Worry about what you what you can. And that usually is your response or your attitude to the problem. Um, and then people, of course, were like, oh, my gosh, I needed that. You know, yeah. um, I'm a very... <laughs> I'm a, Yo! <laughs> um, I like to say I'm a very... Um, I'm a respectfully honest individual mm-hmm. you know like i always try to keep it positive but i always try to keep it real um because i don't you know want anyone to think there's any illusions when it comes to things uh and i really try to put that in my content and show that like i'm i, I, I don't, i'm not here like looking like i'm some big time person or not like i'm just someone who is very passionate in what i do and it's just trying to build towards a lane and, and, and a goal that I specifically have. Like, there's been many times where people were like, yo, I was afraid to contact you. I didn't know you would answer. I'm like, yeah, if you don't, you don't come with some crazy stuff or ask me out on a date, I'm going to answer you. Mm-hmm. <laughs> if you do anything crazy, I'm not going to answer you, you yeah, know? Yeah, yeah. Um, so I, I really, I really shape my content around, um, for my own platform, around the nuances of the platforms, but then also who I am and mm-hmm. aspects of my, who I am. Cause I don't, I don't believe that you should be putting out content that doesn't best represent you. It's kind of like when celebs put on this personality that they can't live by and then they get all like mad and upset and everything. And, you know, sometimes depressed and et cetera. <laughs> Me, I'm like, I'm not, I'm not going to do that. You know, mm-hmm. I, I know, I know I'm, I'm, I'm a nice person, but like I said, I'm, I'm also respectfully honest because I've had my mentors be very respectfully honest. Like one of my professors and mentors, I remember the first time I took his class, he gave back an article and he was like, Aaron, this is shit. I'm like, oh, he said in front of everyone. In front of class? Yeah. He was like, this was really bad. And I was just like, okay. But then I looked at it. I was like, you know what? There's only two ways I can respond. I can either be like, yo, forget you. Or you know what? I'm going to prove him wrong. I went with prove him wrong. But there was a there's a lesson to that. He told me he purposely did that because he was like, as an African-American and as a woman, you're going to have to work 120 times harder than some of your other counterparts. And he's like, and I'm pushing you harder 
because what you think is good is going to look mediocre to them sometimes. And not them as in everyone, but like certain individuals. He was like, you really are going to have to go over and beyond and be excellent at what you do in order to get even a piece of what some people have. I would have told my classmates that. I would have been like, nah, he's just playing, y'all. He's just playing. He wasn't being serious when he said that. Look, this is what he told me. It's not shit. This is what he told me. I'm sure, I'm sure everybody <laughs> after the class is like, damn, that shit must have been bad. I would have been like, nah, uh, announcement. It was actually not that bad. He just told me I got to work harder. Yeah. That's, it. That's, all he said. That's why he said it. But he wasn't. Like, but the, crazy, the crazy thing, though, is he, he did that to everyone. He didn't just single me out. But he also oh. did that to weed the people out who couldn't. You know, just who couldn't do it. People crying mm-hmm. and shit, though? I would say they're crying, but they're just like, oh, my God, I'm not going to be able to pass this class. And me, I'm like, uh-uh, I've never failed a class in my life, nor am I going to have that happen now. So, it, Well, good for you for taming yourself. Because yeah, you, I, w- I would have yeah. been like, who are you talking to? Hold up. Who are you talking to? For sure. <laughs> but I get that from playing sports. Like, I've had true, coaches, true. like, like, yell at me. And I'm just like, okay. Like so, I'm. Um, I'm that kind of thing. I'm just like it wasn't even as bad as what I've had coaches say to me. You know, yeah. so Elon Musk. One of my favorite things I ever saw in an interview was from Elon Musk, where he was talking about uh, what he believed to be the number one factor contributing to his success was his uh, proactiveness in seeking out negative feedback. So yeah. I think definitely like a dealing with negative feedback the right way, but then B, like 301 level is like really going out of your way to ask people for feedback and to right. disarm yeah. people when it comes to, I mean, people have been so socialized to yeah. sugarcoat everything yeah. to the point that you're not even getting um, the essence of what's going to help you grow and improve. Exactly. exactly. Yeah, I agree. I agree. And, and that's why like, I think what happens though is that sometimes people, I always tell people there's a difference between constructive criticism and just straight trolling and, and negativity. Yeah. Those are two different things. Yeah. And, and sometimes it, the line is fine too because sometimes yeah. it's like you sound like a troll even though you mean well with what you're trying to come, bring to the table. Yeah. And, and sometimes people like that, like even if they are trolling, I sometimes will step back and be like, okay, let me let me think and, and see like if what they're saying is actually, like I, so I sometimes have to step back, you know? And I always like, people have to realize it's, it's when it comes to content and people just not liking content, it's never personal. Right. And I know that sounds weird, but it's really never personal in the sense of like, you know, is it going to personally hurt you? Is it right. going to personally affect you? No. Sometimes people just say stuff to get a rise out of you. So then they can be like, oh my God, Aaron just responded to me, you know? And, and, or sometimes it's just like that person just feels empty inside mm-hmm. and they just want to spread how they feel out to other people. So you got to always kind of look at it that way. And um, I always, I honestly kind of like what Elon said. I think that straightforward constructive criticism is the best mm-hmm. because if you're hearing it from your mentors, it's going to make it easier for you to hear from regular viewers because they're worse. Mm-hmm. So it's like if you're kind of training yourself to kind of look at it and be like, okay, this sounds like constructive criticism. Right. And also, even if they do give you constructive criticism, you don't have to listen to it. That's what people realize. You don't have to listen. Just say thank you. Move on with your day if that's yeah, the yeah, case, yeah, you know? Totally. So, yeah, it's uh, it's a crazy world out here in this media content world. And yeah, I know, man. Yeah. It's like you got, you got, I mean, we're all sort of in entertainment, but you guys both are, you know, you know, involved directly on the in media. media side. For yeah. Sure. I mean, 
with that said, let's get deeper into that. Oh wow! As far I as that like, was pretty deep already. Yeah, well, like media, like media stuff, media wise. Like yeah. as far as uh, I mean, obviously podcasts are like relatively new. Adoption is growing. It's yeah. not like exponential right now, but there is like steady growth. And Gary himself is like super bullish on audio. Yeah. Um, you're seeing more like hip hop and entertainment music centric podcasts start to rise. Um, how do you see the I mean, looking into the next couple of years, like the the impact of podcasting in the entertainment and music worlds. Um, well, I mean, going back to Gary again, um, it's but I don't have a problem with that. Um, the one of the things that he was talking about how there is a there's going to be an increase in terms of like voice search, you know, everything from Alexa, Siri, and I see that. Like, I use uh, Google Home. And I use that for music, to play podcasts, for everything, pretty much. And I and I'm starting to see like, wow, like he's right. And on top of that, for Apple TV, I never type anymore. I always click the voice uh, button, and I always speak into it. Interesting. Hold up, you can do that with Apple TV. Yeah, the new Apple TV remotes. If you have the new Apple TV, um, the remote itself, you click it, and you'll be like. Um, You'll be like Stranger Things on Netflix, and then it'll come up, and then it'll take you straight to it. Oh man, dang! I know you can do that on Comcast. Um, I didn't yep. know you could do it on Apple TV. Comcast uh, too. My parents have that. Yeah, yeah. Everybody's parents got Comcast. <laughs> my parents got Comcast. Don't nobody know about podcasts except people's parents. <laughs> Your uh, mom so, got Comcast. <laughs> that was the question. Yeah. That was like always the question. Yeah. So I definitely see that, and it's going to make it a lot easier for people to listen to podcasts. But I also think that podcasts are going to become more of like. I think they're going to move more into like TV programs in a sense. You know, you have obviously the Breakfast Club, which is radio. But I think you're going to see a lot more that are going to be shown like TV segments or TV mm-hmm. programs in a sense. Like Joe Budden's podcast is, although it's audio and video, there's more interaction and engagement from what I've seen with the video. Because it's you get to see the person react. You get to see the guests. It's a different experience. Um, and like we've had times where people would listen to our podcast during the day and then when they go home, they'll watch it on their TV. So I think that we're going to start seeing more podcasts becoming more ingrained into television. Mm-hmm. They're probably going to be a little bit late, but I think that's what's going to happen. Now, I don't know if they're going to make it more like reality TV based or anything I like mean, that. It's, it's but, sort of like The View is right now, right? Yeah. Like everybody sits around a table and they They're talk to each talk. other. It's yeah. just it's just like a podcast, you know. They bring guests on. It's a very yeah. similar setup to that right now. But so. you're gonna start to see it more in a podcast setting. Like right. you like um BET just brought on a podcast. You're gonna start seeing more TV networks probably bringing on podcasts and actually having that be like a video version of just us sitting like this and less of like, oh, this is a talk show. It's gonna be more of like a podcast show. Right. It's no live audience, it's just literally yeah. people. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. No, that makes sense. Um, that makes sense. And then also, you're going to see podcasts more integrated into um, distribution or streaming channels like Twitch. You're going to see, you know, more podcasts in, in that realm. Um, and also, I think we're going to start seeing podcasts that are more of a um, 
they were probably going to implement, was it uh, 3D audio? Uh, 3D audio is audio that is not, people don't really have equipment for it yet, but they're working towards it. Where essentially it's like, if you play a noise on that audio, you can hear noise specifically that's behind you, that's in front of you, that's on the side of you. It's a whole different experience. Like now we only hear it in two ears and it all sounds the same. But eventually you're going to have podcasts that, you know, if it's a traveling podcast and they're in the rainforest or whatever, you're going to hear a bird over there. You're going to hear Dang. a rainforest over or a waterfall over there. You're going to really be feel like you're immersed into that podcast from an audio perspective. I mean, there's so much that is being worked on with audio that we haven't even touched yet. Right. Like th- there's definitely with three auto, you're going to be able to listen, listen, not even watch. You're going to be able to listen to a concert and it's going to actually sound like you're a concert with the music in the front and everything like that. So I definitely see podcasts kind of in that. Um, it's kind of funny too, because a lot of people are like, well, podcasts are getting oversaturated. So what's going to happen? The cream always rises to the top. Music industry is oversaturated. TV is oversaturated. Yeah. If but- anything, it's just like democratized creation. Yeah. Whereas it's, the barrier to entry is so much lower, which actually empowers more people to create. Whereas like to create a TV series and get it picked up by a network. No, now you own the means to your own distribution and the actual production cost itself is a lot lower. So, um, but I I do per your point, I think there's still like a lot of innovation to happen. And like that person's totally right. Like shit is getting super saturated. I think um, there's, I mean, and there always will be across all industries, but I am excited as we see more um, like true programming where, where stuff is um, like there's like podcasts and then where you're really bringing in, you're creating a show. You have various segments. Um, you've scripted things out. Like I think there's the, I think one thing that's actually, I mean, it's funny that we're doing this format of like interviews and conversations, but I feel like that is getting saturated. And I think the next step, um, whether it's, people speaking or bringing in music. Uh, I don't necessarily know what the solution is, but I have seen various formats start to arise. Fiction. Yeah. So it'll be fun. But even in that sense, it's funny. Like, even though there's oversaturation, there's still small communities that people can still get into. For sure. Um, I mean, it's like on Spotify now. I mean, you guys just talked about the music industry being oversaturated. I see people every day that 200,000 people are listening to them a month on Spotify. Yeah. And I'm like, yo, I never even heard of this person. Yeah. And yeah. it's like every day. It's like, yo, how many people got 200,000 fans? You know what I'm saying? <laughs> how many people got 100,000 fans? I've never even heard their name. Yeah. You know what I mean? So, you know, it could end up being something like that where just more people end up listening to podcasts. And right. then you have these smaller communities and then, you know, then the cream that you're talking about is just the, the huge ones. But yeah. you can still have like professionals who who podcast and can live off that, For sure. you know. Yeah. And it also, I mean, just across the board, like the Internet, but like has given birth <laughs> to more like niches and like in more specific segments, even yeah. like genres of music that were once super experimental and like super indie are now starting to, to thrive and become more mainstream. And I think yeah. um, like podcasts are a perfect example in that regard. You're able to take this compelling perspective angle create a kind of topic that ties together a group of people um that they now have a place to gravitate towards whereas they used to feel isolated right and also like i mean whoever takes this idea at least give me credit like (laughs) i mean i'm surprised there's not like a kanye podcast like a podcast about everything and all that's kanye 
You know, there's like you can even break it down that far and have a podcast about a certain celeb that has yeah. so much music, so much substance, so much context, so right. much, uh, you know, people associate with them. Like, there's literally so much you could talk about. When it I comes did to listen to a whole a whole podcast about Chris Lighty. Like literally start to finish it was about yeah it was yeah. good it was good yeah. man loudspeakers network Gimlet yeah 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 that like that's a perfect example of when I was going back to like formats outside of um outside of just interviews they did yeah. research they got other expert interviews right exactly right? like that was yeah. incre- it was it was episodic it was six episodes if yeah. I'm not mistaken oh yeah it was kind of like an audio documentary right it was Precisely. like serial yeah. like when serial came out that blew all that blew the whole podcast that was like the right. first podcast I'd listened to one because it took place in Baltimore. <laughs> Which and, it, and the, you know where everything happened like really wasn't that far from where I live. It was yeah. maybe like twenty, fifteen, twenty minutes away. So that's one. But two, you know, that was the first time I'd been like, I'm not looking at anything visual right now, and I'm yeah. equally as satisfied as looking at right. a t- looking at a TV show. Yeah. You know yeah. What I mean? Which is good for the end user because there's all this like time in passing that once yeah. we actually are able to truly get to that like elevated level of like entertainment or yeah. a, a fun knowledge experience. Um like that's yeah, it just opens up this completely untapped like yeah. realm of attention. <laughs> fun. Yeah. Um, so <laughs> as far as, yeah, right, right. Um, <laughs> as far as uh, one kind of the last question as we start kind of wind it down, mm-hmm. um, like networking. Obviously, everybody loves to yeah. loves or hates to network. Um, you've been able to continually elevate and bring on intriguing guests. And um, can you just talk to kind of your approach, not only, I mean, beyond just bringing guests, but just networking as a whole, building long-term, sustainable, good, fruitful relationships? Yeah. Um, Okay. So I always tell people that networking is kind of like an art form Mm -hmm. Um, in the sense of like, obviously like if you're a network, be yourself. Like, don't try and pretend that you're anything other than yourself. And don't pretend that you work for a company that you don't or you have a title that you don't. Because it's very easy to find out. Right. If you're in the industry, all it takes is one call. Um, people do that? Yeah, people do that sometimes. And I'm just like, because they did one thing with that company. Now they're like, oh, yeah, I I, I work for or work with. And then it's just kind of like, no, that's not <laughs> what happened. Um, Where do you work? I work with P. Diddy. I'm his partner in everything. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I would definitely look you at know, you crazy. P. Diddy, that's me. <laughs> <laughs> that's me, dog. Yeah, the P. Diddy you see, that's not him. That's just, that's, yeah. that's a higher that's actor. He stole, stole my <laughs> image, bro. He stole my image. Um, but networking, you know, it's like a lot of times when people mess up with networking is that whenever they uh kind of go and approach someone, they never approach in the sense of like building a relationship. Mm-hmm. Like anytime that like I, unless it's like, obviously I'm getting connected for work. That's different. But if it's just like I'm at an event and I meet someone, like I'm never going to ask them for anything within the first couple months of knowing them. I'm literally going to spend that time just really getting to know them. Because like I, I need to see like, are you a person that I want to be associated with? And if it's not, you know, it's cool. There's no hate or anything. But like, you know, there's just there's just certain people in the industry that just aren't good for you and you just kind of have to stay away from. So I have to see that. Um, and then also for networking, it's like people have to understand like it's a value ex- value exchange. Same way that social media and content is a value exchange. Mm-hmm. You know, if you are networking for the purpose of trying to obtain something from that company or person, not even immediately, but even later on, 
what are you bringing to the table for them? Mm-hmm. You know, mm-hmm. what, how are you marketing yourself? Like what value are you bringing? A lot of times when people try to like network or pitch stuff, they're always like, oh, what you can do for me. And I'm like, that's never how you should start. Because if you're, if you're saying what you can do for me, what you can do for me, and never once you're saying, what can I do for you? I would look at it and be like, so why do I need you? Mm-hmm. You know, why do I have to do anything with you? Um, and so like, I always tell people like, when you're networking, always see how you can provide help to that p- person first. And even if it's for free sometimes. And it can be the simplest thing as like supporting, like constantly supporting their articles. Or like if they have an event, go and attend those events, you know? Um, it doesn't have to be anything crazy, but you always want to show like, how can I help you? Because a lot of times when you help people first, especially good people, obviously there's, you know, people who just want to like take, 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 take. But the good people will eventually be like, damn, like you're helping me so much. Like, what can I do for you mm-hmm. when the time's right? And so like in 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 this city, even more specifically New York, it's like everyone's rushing to get something and they don't understand that it's about relationship building and it's about marketing yourself and really showing what you can do. Um, I think that when people understand that, it becomes a lot easier um, to kind of maneuver throughout the industry. You know, there are, I'm still meeting more people. And funny enough, there are some people that I have yet to meet in person have met on social media because a mutual friend was like, yo, Aaron's dope or this person's dope. You should meet them. And then I'm talking to them on social media, have yet to meet them. And then there was like, there's one person who I met through a a mutual friend and I just met him at the NBA All-Star Weekend. I've known him for like a year or two. Like we were constantly- Yeah, but I don't think that's like nowadays, like that's not not, weird. It's it's really not. not weird because it's like, it's it's not a matter of like you not wanting to meet that person. It's more so just like certain limitations. Like they either on the West Coast, you're not over there, or you keep missing each other. But eventually, like you do end up meeting them. Mm-hmm. Um, but like when you have like a good name in the industry, like that's gonna happen often, and you're gonna meet more and more and more and more people. Um, that's another thing too. Like I always tell people, do do not get rid of your morals and values for the sake of obtaining something in this industry, because. Uh, your, you know, your character is the most important thing. Reputation is what people think of you. Some people are going to not like you. Some people like you. But as long as your character and who you are is is good and genuine and still true, that's going to carry more weight more than what anyone else would say. I think that's a really big thing that I think um, that I'm realizing now in the music industry is, you know, I used to I used to try to go into it and try to just be extroverted. Like, yo, what are you doing? Like, what you doing? Like, yeah. let me hear about your life. Let me do this for you. Let me do that for you. And I think at some point it was like, this is like not me. Like, I can just chill yeah. and be around this person. And, and then I feel better at the end of the day, too, because they're really getting to know me. And then those situations have been the most fruitful, even when I wasn't expecting it, mm-hmm. you know. So I think, yeah. you know, I think going back to your point of just being genuine, I think that's what especially in the music industry, there's so many people who like want to look like something that they're yeah. not. You know what I mean? Like I've been to so many networking events. Um, well, not necessarily to network, but there are events with a bunch of other music industry people. And you can just tell by the way they walk, by the way they talk to you. It's like, I'm, I'm trying to make myself seem more important than I actually am. So when people ask me what I do, I tell them what I yeah. do. I tell them what, who I've worked for. And then if it's a big name, I'll say like, but I've only really done this for this person. I'm really into this person. I try to be as genuine as possible when yeah. I go into a situation like that. And I think um, I think that's obviously lacking to me, at least in the music industry, is just meeting like real cool, genuine people. It's funny that you said that too, because the one thing I realize is that usually the people who are like 
very out there and they're like, oh, I'm, I'm big time. Uh, a good amount of the time they're not. It's right. usually the person who's quiet and off in the cut that is right. like very influential or has a lot of relationships. Um, and even and and even like the person who is like not super known. And that's the one thing I also realized a lot was a lot of times like when we're at industry events and even now, like, you know, I'm, I'm friends with people who are more known in the industry now and just even watching like people would always go to them, but they won't go to the guy who's chill in the corner who is best friends with that guy. And if you become cool with him, you're going to get a direct relationship easily with that other person mm-hmm. who's more known. Right. And it's just like, that's why I tell people all the time. It doesn't matter what status they are when you network. Like you never know who knows who. It's just about if you vibe with that person, if you like that person, you think that they're, they have a great personality or you right. just kind of click, go for it. It doesn't matter if they're super known because you mm-hmm. never know who knows who, who works for who or what company and, or who has what uh, talent or skill set that could be valuable one day or another. Right. What? Yeah. You, you'll grow and they'll grow. And yeah. then at some point you pass my intertwine. Yep. And that's why I'm always like, I'm always down to open and like talking to anyone. I can't, I can't, I can admit though, sometimes I don't remember people's names because I meet way too many people. I'm horrible with names. I'm better with faces, but that's with everything in life, not just people I meet. Even mm-hmm. celebs, I'm like, oh my God, I just saw, you know, the person <laughs> in this movie. What the, what, what's their name? It's weird. I remember where <laughs> people are from before I remember their name. I remember their faces and I, I literally would be describing their face. I'd be like, oh yeah, he has circular, <laughs> he has a, uh, uh, little almond eyes, brown, little hazel, <laughs> circular glasses, you know, wavy hair. He's friends with this person. I remember he was wearing like a red sweatshirt. Like I'll remember all that. But I'm not gonna remember <laughs> the name. <laughs> unless, I yeah. say, unless I say it like, if I hear their name three times in a row and I'm like, all right, Jason, Jason, Jason. Okay. Then I remember. But if I don't say it three times in a row, if I don't hear it three times in a row, then usually I won't remember until like the next time. Yeah. I mean, it is what it is. It happens. You know. It's not like I'm, I mean, I'll be honest. It's not me being mean. It's just, I'm not really good with names. That's all. So. Right. <sighs> totally. So to kind of come full circle here, I think, uh, music business podcast, you've been able to largely create a lot of your own path, which has been awesome to see. Yeah. Um, for people that are trying to really like break in, make a dent and, uh, start, onwards down a, a path of success in this yeah. industry like what advice would you have for them uh get as much experience as you can um i know a lot of times starting out people are always just kind of like oh is it a paid opportunity is it a paid opportunity not every paid opportunity is a good opportunity you know mm-hmm. i i interned for free from when i was 16 to 22 I didn't get paid a dime and I couldn't because I was a D1 athlete anyway. So, uh, <laughs> but even still, I would, I would still, everything that I've done, I would still do it just because I gained so many experiences and I've gained so many valuable relationships from that. And so I already had a good reputation and name going into the industry because of that. And I think that like, even now, you know, this podcast, I'm not getting paid for this podcast. And um, funny enough, you know, a lot of people don't know that like my last job laid off my entire department. So right now I'm just doing freelance work in this podcast. And so, you know, a lot of times people may be like, well, why are you doing this podcast? You need to be finding a full-time job. I mean, yeah, of course I'm, I'm looking for a full-time job, but 
I see so much value in this podcast because I see so much growth and I'm having relationships with a lot of different companies that like, I'm not going to give it up just because I'm not making money. Mm-hmm. I think a lot of times when people are so quick to want to make money now that they don't understand that if you put in the work and you put in your time, like the money will come. Right. There's That's a process. Not, yeah. There's a process. It's not anything to be worried about, you know? And so you like, that's that's definitely, you know, something that I really hope people understand and really kind of like evaluate. But also when I say that, it's not that like, don't give up your nine to five and have no financial stability or no plan and try <laughs> right. to chase everything. I mean, if you want to, great. It sometimes works for some people depending yeah. on what the opportunity is. But don't just do it just to do it and be like, you know, Fuck a nine to five. I'm I'm gonna go chase my dreams. It's like you kind of need to have a little cushion or a plan, you know. Totally. Yeah. So it's just like people have to understand those things and and know when is it time to kind of make that leap. When is it time to 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 kind of step back and just build stability, and then also just like, you know, just put in the work, whether it's paid or unpaid. Just view each opportunity individually and see if it makes sense at the end of the day. For sure. Dope. Well, on that note, Aaron, thank you so much for coming no through. Problem. Really appreciate yeah, it. Thank all you. This. Appreciate it. Thank you, guys. It was awesome. Indeed. <laughs> yeah. We out. Well, there you have it. What did you think, Jordan? I thought that was great, man. I thought that was great. I mean, especially for us as podcast hosts. I think Aaron's a little bit deeper into the game. And uh, this wasn't just an interview for for people who are fans of the music industry and are aspiring industry professionals, but also aspiring podcasters, aspiring brands, you know. Um, so I think I think hearing her perspective from from that point of view was super interesting and not only for our listeners, but for me and you. I know I know there's some stuff that I'm definitely going to take away from it for our future episodes, you know. Totally, totally. Um, yeah, no, it was great having her on. It's been great to see her kind of career progression. I know she's been doing a lot of stuff with Genius, with um all sorts of really interesting brands so uh that's it for today guys thank you guys once again for all your support and for listening uh, if you have any questions or ideas on guests please don't hesitate to hit us up uh, on instagram at music business podcast uh and on that note we out peace